What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 14, week 16, our championship edition episode of FFB Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Adam Stark. What's going on, my man? It is the final week, the final countdown. <laughs> Let's go. go. Leave it all on the field now. That's what I'm talking about. Our special guest, Andy Singleton. He was a guest earlier on in the year. So glad to have him back. What's going on, my man? Everything good. A lot of stuff going on, of course. As we wind down this football season, the head for, you know, for Dynasty Leaguers, the NFL Draft, and then for Deion Sanders of Fantasy is you know, such as myself, get ready for baseball season. So a lot of things happening. I see a lot of people winding down and thankful that the season's coming to an end. And for me, I'm just getting ready to get started. So busy, busy time. Busy times. And I want to remind you guys before we jump into a very important episode of FFB Unwrapped to follow us on Twitter at FFB Unwrapped. Follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Adam on Twitter at Everyday FFB. You can follow Andy on Twitter at People's Pen and People's is with a Z. Just want you to plug what you got going on, Andy. I know I saw something new going on, expand the box score. I just wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about that before we get going. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you giving me the form to do that. So I am big into the NFL draft. I've been going down to the senior ball. I'll be going down in January to Mobile for my fifth straight one and become something I just can't miss. I've gotten very intertwined with the draft community, draft Twitter specifically, you know, a bunch of writers, national writers, and NFL and college coaches and executives and everything like that. So for me, it's become just a big part of my life and what I do. I do the NFL Draft Profile Series. We're getting ready to start our second season of that for 2019, where we cover 50 players from the draft and break them down five awesome. videos and players individually. I do that with John Wild, the Gridiron Scholar. Well, basically, for the last five plus years I've been doing this, every time I try to access and find advanced college stats and metrics and things like that, from the simplest thing as targets to see somebody make a comment like this guy has fumbling issues or a history of fumbles you you can't find that kind of stuff easily not in one place not really many sites that are offering it the ones that do have it are very highly priced because they're not catered to the casual fan i just could never find this resource and i just kept thinking like wow this is crazy like how is nobody doing this i've been doing some other things with a guy named Brian Cree, who was basically just a math numbers kind of wizard and genius. And we were talking about the draft and basically had the same idea. And he said he would love to be able to do something like that. He just wasn't really sure where to find access to certain things. So I put him in the direction of where I would go. And he said, I'm pretty confident I could source all this stuff and table it and put everything together. So we'd have player profiles and leaderboards and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, you can build it. I'll promote the hell out of it. And I think we'll really create and fill a void in the industry. And this thing really just has taken off and steamrolled. And we beta launched last week. We're still making updates and expanding the database and the graphics and enhancing the interface to make it more user-friendly. But if you go to expandtheboxscore.com right now, you can sign up and access our data. And just keep in mind, we have a lot more coming. love to spend another couple minutes talking about this, if you guys don't mind, because it's really so in-depth what we are offering. Of course, Uh, man. We have every FBS player currently in there for 2018. And when I say every player, I mean every play, every touch that every player had in the FBS is in there. We give you a game log. It breaks down. Like for a running back, for instance, it gives you a graph of all their carries from negative yards to zero to three, four to eight, eight to 20, 20 plus. You can hover over the graph and see the boxes and it'll tell you exactly 
when that play occurred, like what week, what game, what quarter, what minute of the game that came in. We break things down, like I mentioned, the targets. This all started from targets for me. So we have every college player's target data in there now. Their fumbles and stuff. We have leaderboards where you can go and sort by yards, touchdowns, receptions, everything like that per position and make your own customized leaderboards based on position. We have player-by-player comparisons. So you can put two players up at the same time and if they happen to play against the same opponent, It'll show you their common opponents and how they did against those common opponents. Adding all FCS players as well. So we're going to have every single Division One player, whether it's FBS or FCS. We're going to have that installed in the next week or two. So we'll have every Division One player. We're going to go back and add 2017 and then 2016. So you can go back a couple of years and have some historical data to compare players from this year, maybe against players from last year. There's just so much. We're also going to be adding other sports to it as we build this thing. But like I said, we're just getting going with this and we're offering it for the insane price of ten dollars and not ten dollars a day or a week or a month ten dollars for a full year 365 days access to this just that alone is cheaper than buying a draft magazine or something and, and there's so much available to you you can create whatever you want out of it so right. basically expand the box really excited about it and i really think that this is something that everybody should have access to and get their hands on it really sounds so in-depth and i can tell how much work that you put into it so for ten dollars for an entire year That is nothing. You can literally get a cheat sheet, a guide. If you're here to fake it until you make it as a fanalist and you want to act like you know what you're talking about for people going from college to the NFL, anything like that, why not just grab his cheat sheet? Right there, you have literally everything at your hands. Statistics, any player that's in all D1 football, going to the NFL, you can compare all types of stuff. It's I can't even comprehend everything that you just put into this right now until I go sign up myself. So I'm going to go check that out. I hope Andy is going to hook me up and give me a little sneak peek and I'll actually going to sign up for the year myself. So why not have all the tools in your pocket that you can physically have? This seems like one of the best. Before we continue with the rest of our episode, just want to thank our sponsors, Roto Assurance. They do yearly fantasy insurance as well as daily. So make sure you go check them out and use promo code UNWRAP for 20% off your one-time purchase with Roto Assurance. If you're putting down money to play fantasy sports, you need to protect your investment. A lot of money is going out nowadays, and if something happens to some of your star players and they're injury-prone, make sure you're getting yourself covered with Roto Assurance. One more sponsor, Jersey Express with promo code PULSE. You get 10% off your any jersey purchase. They got basketball. They got college. They got these player hoodies. Really cool, really good design. Uh, we are part of the Pulse Podcast Network, so we all have that Pulse promo code 10% off for Jersey Express. That's thejerseyexpress.com or on Twitter at jerseyexpress underscore. And make sure you go check out the Pulse Podcast Network at Pulse Pod Network on Twitter. And it's just got all the best pods that you can want all in one spot. We got sports. I think he, our guys are expanding to comedy, true crime, so many other things besides sports too. So when you go to find all the best podcasts, go to Pulse Podcast Network. You can find us on podcast.com, Pulse Podcast Network, or the Apple Podcast app. If you're on there, make sure to leave us a review and rating. It's much appreciated, guys. Make sure if you're on Twitter, go retweet our tweet for Melvin Gordon, his signed jersey that we're giving away. Adam's got that beautiful baby blue jersey up on his Twitter, Everyday FFB. so make sure you're going on there. And you're retweeting that tweet and following both our pages for the chance to win the Melvin Gordon signed jersey, who should be coming back for the championships this week, hopefully helping people to win themselves a ring if they got there without Melvin Gordon. So we got some news to start off with. 
your thoughts on the Jackson era now that the Ravens are moving on from quarterback Joe Flacco. He's rather going to get traded at some point, obviously not this second, but if not, they're going to move on via free agency this coming offseason. So Adam, what do you think about the Ravens situation going on with their quarterbacks? I think they're just going to let Joe Flacco test free agency, and I think he's obviously going to leave and go get signed somewhere else. I don't think there's a whole lot of destinations for Joe Flacco just because there's so many young quarterbacks right now. There's just not a whole lot of options for him. I could consider the Jaguars probably yeah, the highest up there. I was going to say Jacksonville. I was going to say Jacksonville. But that's about too. the only one. It's like, so if the Jaguars don't like him, it's going to be slim pickings. And this is Lamar Jackson's time. I think he's going to start to take over this team. If he makes the playoffs, we'll see what he can do. Being just a leader of a team and being able to carry them through and make a playoff push, perhaps. So if he could do that in the playoffs, then that'll definitely tell you what he'll be next year a little bit better. So I definitely think we still have a little bit to learn with Lamar Jackson, and I think Joe Flacco's best option is Jacksonville. Yeah, I totally agree. And Andy, what is your thought on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback? I know he's an amazing runner, and it seems like he's winning right now, but do you think he can be the quarterback for the future? I absolutely think he could be the quarterback for the future. He's definitely a first-round pick. I hated the takes that people were saying he's a wide receiver or a running back playing a quarterback. I think it was very unfair to him. And people that were saying that really just didn't understand who he was as a quarterback. I mean, you watch his stuff from Louisville. He was a capable passer. He just happens to be really good as a runner. They designed a lot of runs for him. Additionally, there were a lot of runs that were just as a result of the play breaking down. So when you have that kind of ability... Teams have the game plan for you, and now you're starting to see it. I think this is exactly who he is and what you can expect from him. I, I think you're going to be looking at somebody who's going to be throwing the ball about 20 times a game, who's going to have about 60% completion, and he's going to flirt with the 100 yards rushing every game. I mean, that's who he is. Right. And that's something that hasn't existed in the NFL for quite a while. I know we get Michael Vick comparisons, and as lazy as a child, it's really kind of the most accurate thing because right. other than Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, guys didn't really have the ability to run like this guy does. They're a scrambling quarterback that's completely different from what Lamar Jackson is. As far as the Flacco thing, I don't know that they can just cut ties with him. I think he does have still a significant cap hit for next year. So best stuff for them might be to just convince him, hey, you're still our guy. I mean, look at, you know, Foles and Philly. Like, there's a role for you. Don't count yourself out of this yet. But unless somebody comes calling in a trade like you guys suggested, you might have Flacco still in Baltimore for a while, but Lamar Jackson definitely is and should be the future. And this was a five quarterback first round draft class in 2018, and Lamar Jackson certainly deserves to be in that conversation. I'm all for him getting the reins finally and what he can do with Baltimore. I couldn't even imagine Joe Flacco with a clipboard on the sideline after winning a Super Bowl as the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens and just really being the guy there for so long. It just would be so weird to see him backing up Lamar Jackson, fully healthy, obviously picking the young guy over him. I really hope that they can at least turn him into a six-round pick or a seventh-round pick, something like a flyer, send him off to a team. Speaking of someone that the Raiders gave up a lot for, a third-round pick for, Martavius Bryant, who is now suspended indefinitely. He had like 18 catches or something. Literally not worth it at all. Don't get what Gruden's doing. And we'll just pair that in right now with John Gruden signing Nathan Peterman today and being extremely high on him. And if I recall, he's the worst quarterback in the league. I can't think of a worse quarterback that has had snaps 
in the league in the last two years. Adam, I'm going to start with you. Just combine the two with Nathan Peterman as well as the Martavius Bryant suspension. What do you think? That signing was just really, really weird to me. AJ McCarron had some sort of family issue or, or some reason he was out. I didn't read the full tweet, but I don't think Nathan Peterman was any sort of answer at all. I honestly feel like John Gruden was trying to either start some sort of not hype but attention towards team or maybe he's just gonna sit Derek Carr and lock in that first overall pick if he starts Nathan Peterman the Martavis Bryant situation I think he's just kind of a lost soul he got traded to a garbage team I think fell back to who he was and probably relapsed and now is probably going to be out of the NFL for good well he was cut and then re-signed again and so this was now technically his second stint in Oakland in just one year, and it has not been very productive. You're right, he probably did relapse. He probably did do some stupid shit when you're playing in Oakland, not winning, not happy. You have a bad history, so it doesn't look good for him, to be honest. I don't see a lot of teams taking a chance on him if he does make it back because it's suspended indefinitely. So I don't really know his future too much, but if I'm a GM of a team, I'm not trying to take a chance on a guy like Martavis Bryant. But of course, you got those teams like the Raiders or the Cowboys or a lot of these teams that have a history of picking up players with shaky pass and giving them that second chance. So he probably will still find an opportunity at some point in his career. I don't think this is going to be the ender for him. Look at Josh Gordon and some of these other guys. So I don't think that's the end of it for him, but I think this is a giant step back. And if it was the end, I wouldn't be surprised. Andy, what are your thoughts on Martavius Bryant as well as the Nathan Peterman signing? I'll start with Bryant. Did it surprise people? I don't know. Yes, no. maybe. Interested to see what that indefinite suspension is because as we saw with Josh Gordon, they made him sit out basically a full two years almost. If that's the case with Bryant, that will put him at 28, which is older than what Josh Gordon is now. And we've seen Josh Gordon has come back and he's been decent, but he hasn't been the elite top five receiver in the league that he showed flashes and glimpses that he could have been. So do you really want to exert a lot of effort and energy and finances into Martavis Bryant that's going to come back, you know, a couple of years from now, if that's even the case. I'm more curious to see how long this indefinite actually means. Just what's going on in Oakland as a whole, it's kind of sad in, in some regards because I don't know if John Gruden is crazy like a fox or the smartest guy in the room or <laughs> I don't know if this is planned or he just really thinks I'm going to bring in all these veterans because you know, these are the guys that I feel comfortable with. When you look at Doug Martin, and you look at Jordy Nelson, and some of the other moves he's made, and then they trade their best assets. Mari Cooper, right before the trade happened, I was doing a guest spot with Bob Long on his consistency cast show, and talking about how Mari Cooper was the product of Derek Carr. Derek Carr's inefficiencies. Ever since Derek Carr got injured, came back from that injury, he's, he's never been the same. Now you see that that's exactly what's holding true. With Mari Cooper leaving to go to Dallas, change the scenery, new quarterback who's aggressive. Amari Cooper wasn't broken. Derek Carr is broken. Right. So if you're bringing in all these pieces around Derek Carr, expecting that's going to jumpstart your offense, to me that, that's a, a false narrative. And going back to the Nathan Peterman thing, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think Derek Carr is done. Nathan Peterman, I think, has become a laughing stock just because of the unfortunate start he got off to his career. He's a much better quarterback than what people want to give him credit for now. When he was coming out, he was kind of a sleeper for a lot of people. And he really impressed a lot of people during the entire draft process. So it's just unfortunate that he got off to a bad start. And I'm hoping and I'm rooting for him to kind of turn the narrative and at least be a competent backup in this league that erases people's memories of him in Buffalo. Right, and you know how sad it was. I saw someone tweet, 
let's not forget about this one game that he put up in college and they listed out his box score. And in my head, I said, yeah, that was what, his junior year of college, senior year of college? He's supposed to translate to the NFL. You know, college quarterbacks are great, but then you, when you take the prospects and stick them in the NFL, it's a rarity to find a draft like this last year where there's so many automatic fits, Baker Mayfield, all Lamar Jackson, all these other guys that are coming in so hot. And Nathan Peterman, when he came in, yeah, you're right, he was a dark horse. And John Gruden loved him when he was doing the Gruden quarterback thing. I remember that, and I remember him breaking down tape with Nathan Peterman. But look what he's done in the NFL. Yeah, I root for him too because you don't wish bad stuff on really anybody, especially a guy who's really not done anything wrong except for just throw a ton of interceptions. But I mean, when you go into a game and consistently, it wasn't just one game where he threw five picks and we all like, damn, that's the worst quarterback ever because I'm pretty sure that happened. It was a continuous thing. Every time he goes in, it's like, oh my God, Nathan Peterman's a quarterback and Colin Kaepernick's not. They might be skilled quarterbacks, but look at their track record in the NFL. Look at the statistics. Look what they do when they go step onto a field. And you got a guy like Colin Kaepernick who has the numbers and the skill to start in this league and is clearly blackballed just like that will be a smooth transition into our next topic, the city of Oakland, where the Raiders reside right now. They're suing the Raiders. At this point, it looks like they're never going to have an NFL team ever again. This is how you burn bridges. Yes, you're not happy about what's going on in the city. You're not happy that the team is getting ripped away from you. I get it. But if you're going to go ahead and sue the entire league, I'm sure this is going to get stickier and stickier. Why would they ever put a team back in your city? Why don't you pull what Los Angeles did where you can take a cool 10, 20 years off having teams and then all of a sudden, not saying that two teams need to come back, but at least like the Rams who came back, St. Louis wasn't the best place for the team anymore. LA needed a team again. LA didn't do anything to screw that up. So they were able to come back. Oh, and shit, another fucking team came too because LA did so well in that transition period. There was not riots. There was not suing. There was not anything. They just left. Everyone obviously was a little salty, but the city itself, the city council didn't go and do anything publicly stupid to shame their city or pretty much put themselves in a position with the league to where you're not going to have a team come back. So in my opinion, Oakland, you screwed up everything for the rest of your future for the NFL. You'll never have a team again. Not saying that NorCal won't have another team besides the 49ers, but you guys might as well start buying some red and gold because you're about to become 49ers fans because you're never getting a team back. You really screwed this one up. And on top of that, the 2020 draft has been announced that it's going to be in Las Vegas where the Raiders are most likely going. Of course, that's not set in stone stone yet with how weird the situation is going. But with the 2020 draft getting announced in Vegas, that's a clear sign that the Raiders move is going to still be pretty smooth. They'll still end up there. And it looks like they're really trying to drive a lot of attention to the city of Vegas. Adam, what do you think about this whole fiasco with the city of Oakland? And what do you think about the 2020 draft being in Vegas, which we will be at because that will be really fucking fun. So what do you think, Adam? I don't really think too much of it. I just think it's a transitioning thing. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people upset. You're losing your home team. And, I mean, who wouldn't be upset losing an NFL team? So, I think a lot of people are probably upset because Las Vegas just got a hockey team, too. So, some people probably are thinking, why do they need a football team, too? Let the Raiders stay in Oakland. So, I'm sure there's just a lot of the people uprising and getting mad. And then the CEOs and people higher up coming at them and it's just a whole big mess for the Raiders. It's all political now and that's when it gets 
the most disgusting is when there's politics involved with sports, which is just inevitable, but it sucks when it does happen. And now you're having city councils suing leagues. It's going to get a lot stickier than people just being upset in Oakland and being, oh, we don't have our team. Of course you're going to be upset. It's now you're taking the wrong moves to not ever have a future of an NFL team back. Andy, do you agree with what I'm saying or what are your take on the draft in Vegas and what's your take on the city of Oakland doing what they're doing? Actually, I kind of like what Oakland did. I'll say even further, I love what Oakland did. This is the second time that this has happened. This isn't the first time. The Raiders left, they went to LA, and then they come back. And Oakland's basically saying, don't use us. Don't look at us like, you know, you can just come and go as you please. I kind of like what they're doing and standing up for themselves, if you will. The whole move to Vegas, I feel kind of like outdated in the first place. I mean, with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years with the gambling rules in this country and sports open in, you know, various states, uh, Jersey being one. The move to Vegas seems kind of like unnecessary if you're going for the gambling factor. I've personally never been to Vegas, which I know sounds probably crazy. No. But you're on the East Coast. You're on the East Coast. What do you guys have? Atlantis or whatever it's called? We have Atlantic City. Atlantic so City. Just, I'd say Atlantis. What the fuck? <laughs> from, from what I understand, not, not even close to the same. But my greater point, though, is that from what I know of Vegas, it's full of distractions. You're not going there to watch a football game. So while it might be a convenient excuse to have people say, Oh, we're going to Vegas for the Raider game, and while we're there, we're going to gamble and go to the pool party and all this other stuff. I mean, look what happened in L.A. with the Rams moving. I mean, a new stadium looks phenomenal, and I'm sure will attract people, but the Rams have a great team and don't seem to be doing phenomenally well as a draw because just people in L.A. are like, yeah, it's not really changing our lives for a Sunday football game. And I think it's cool for the uh, city of Oakland to stand up for themselves and say, hey, you've done this to us before. We're tired of being your sidekicks, if you will. You're going to come and go as you please, and it's going to cost us money, so we're going to try to recoup some of that. Yeah, but, and, I don't know but Andy, in, in that regard, now, I get that you're hyped for the city of Oakland that's standing up for themselves, and I get that, but do you agree that they're pretty much putting themselves on a blackball list? Why would the NFL choose to put them back there when there's so many other options when you're taking legal action against the league and a team? Do you believe that they have pretty much taken themselves out of contention to ever have a team again? Only in the sense of how they praised the NFL when they labeled them a cartel. In that regard, then yes, they've kind of maybe put themselves behind the eight ball with the NFL. We've seen what the NFL has done with certain players. You mentioned Kaepernick before, so they're not afraid to blackball people, right. blacklist them, however you, however you want to say it. Right. With all that being said, the city of Oakland is still a great sports town. Definitely. I mean, great sports town. The Oakland Definitely. A's, the Raiders, you got the, the Warriors there, San Francisco right across the bay. A great sports fan base. 100%. So, I don't think they necessarily ruin their chances of ever getting another franchise. I think it would just make them really think twice about, hey, are we here for the long haul? Or are we looking at this as a short-term gap to move to San Diego eventually or Vegas or wherever it might be? I, I think people would really look at Oakland different and say, if we're here, we're here for good. Right. Okay, fair enough. No, I like that, and I really wanted to bring up that debate because the city of Oakland, I'm glad they're making moves for themselves. It's just at this point, you are right, Andy. Like The NFL has no problem letting you out and blackballing you, blacklisting you, whatever you want to say, and not letting you come back. So I don't see how this would be any different because the NFL is all politics when it comes down to it. I got a question for you, starting with Adam. What are some of the moves that you're making right now to strengthen your team for this championship run? Most leagues are in the championship this week. If you're not, it's next week for some weird setup that you did with your playoff bracket. If you're in the championship right now, what are you doing, Adam, to make sure that you're set, make sure that you are in it to win it right now? I would make sure you only have guys on your team that affect 
your team somehow or your opponent's team. So if you have someone who, like a Randall Cobb or a like a Chris Godwin, honestly, because he's got a tough matchup this week, I don't think the guys like that should be on your team because if you're in the championship game, you clearly have some star players. Right. My strategy would be is to look at what your opponent has. If he's streaming a quarterback, maybe you go out and pick up just like a Derek Carr, even a Jeff Driscoll, just because there's little chances that what if he's streaming Josh Allen or Lamar and Josh Allen flares up his elbow again or just some little stupid injury. Things like that happen all the time. It most likely would never happen, like a dumb little injury like that, but you just never know. And I would feel better having guys blocking my opponent in case he got screwed on my bench than having just guys who I know won't play at all or make a difference at all. Yeah, Adam stays with the sabotage method. He likes to tear apart the chances for the other team, and that definitely works at times. But Andy, what are moves that you're making right now to solidify your championship run? So this is pretty funny and interesting to me because, I mean, we're in week 16. There's two games left in the season. So you're either in your championship this week or you're in a league that plays 17. And you're in your championship next week. So right. how many guys are left? How many options are out there? How many people are you bidding against? I happen to somehow miraculously make it to the final 15 of the Scott Fishbowl. For instance, I added Kalen Balazs, who happened to be on waivers. I was bidding against myself because there's nobody else in my conference. If you're not familiar with the Fishbowl, right. there's 15 conferences. So I'm representing the duo conference, and there's nobody left to bid against. So I could have had it for whatever price. Barrage was out there. He had a good week last week. Potential that maybe he could do it again, but I got one game left. So it's an ad to have as an option on Sunday if I decide I want to start him. Somebody asked me on Twitter earlier today, who's the Rams backup to own? You know, my response was, I need more context. Like, what are you talking about? Because are you going to play him this week? I mean, why are we talking about the Rams backup right. in week 16? It makes no sense to me in some fashion because, again, there's either two or four teams left at this point. What are you going to do? Handcuff a guy right now? If you're going to start Gurley and he's not has an actual O next to his name, if he has projected points and he's starting the game, you're going to start him. If he goes down in the second quarter, what are you going to do? Put Kelly in in the second quarter? Your team is locked. You can't go and put in the stash player that you had. Like you said, Andy, this is the last week or maybe next. So if you have one more week, I guess that makes a little bit more sense, but you're right. Like what is getting a handcuff in this week going to do unless you are dealing with a guy that you're pretty confident isn't going to play. Then that makes sense. But if you have a guy like Gurley who seems like he's going to go, there's been no indication that he's not. Handcuffing at this point, there's no way that you're going to be able to play him. You're not going to. Definitely not. Because See, I, I wouldn't mind handcuffing Tom Gurley right now. John Kelly, just in case he has a freak knee injury, something tears an ACL on a non-contact practice injury, just something random. If you have John Kelly on your team and your opponent has Todd Gurley, those tables are turned fast, man. You have now the big advantage because your guy could be starting and he's lost Todd Gurley. Chances are it won't happen. But if it does, five minutes before game time, you still have that guy. I also just think, like, like I was saying, that the field of who you're going is that much smaller. I mean, look at who you're playing his roster, because chances are it's just you and one other team. Look at his roster. Does he have somebody he'd drop and pick up that guy? Or can you afford to wait and say, hey, if news comes out tomorrow or next day about Gurley, for instance, well, now I can go in and make that pickup. I don't necessarily have to do it right now. I don't have to be in a rush for this, because this is me and one other guy at this point. You know who he's starting. It's unnecessary. At this point, the, fu- the funniest thing I like when you say there's you and one other guy because I'm in this one league and there's the team that was the last 
team to make the playoffs. He was the sixth team and he lost in the first round. He's still right now picking up players and going hard on the waiver wire, grabbing anything. I don't know if it's to sabotage me and the other person that's in the championship, but I went to go pick up Kalen Balaj, like you just said, and he was on this sixth place team and it really aggravated me. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you think there should be a rule to where players that yes. aren't in the championship yes. can't pick yes. shit up? Yes. It's real hurting yeah, me right I, now. I agree too on this. It's, and my, my take on it is kind of funny actually. I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I do this in one league and it's just because I got so salty because I didn't make the playoffs with Pat Mahomes. Just a star-studded team. I led the league at points for it. was just bad matchup every single week. So I was very, very salty and these are all high school friends and they give me crap and they know I have a fancy football Twitter so they call me the expert so <laughs> I figured hey if I can't win the championship I'm going to make it harder for someone else to do that in just that league this dude is really pissing me off because he's got no fantasy implications and I can't go pick up the guys that I want for my championship roster. We're going to put a quick pause right now, and I want to just talk about our personal leagues. And I want to hear about how many leagues that you were in, how many leagues that you've made the playoffs, how many leagues that you've made the final dance. I'm going to start with me. I was in five total leagues, one with my friends, like you just said, my home league, the one that had the most money and meant the most to me. I was the last team out, winner go home game against the guy I was playing in the championship last year. An absolute heartbreaker for me, but I had four other leagues, made playoffs in all four, and I've now made the championship in all four. So I'm gassing myself up for my four out of five championship performance. The one that I didn't make, like you said, Adam, was probably the most important and I get the most shit talking. So I definitely am not going to live that one down until next season, but winning all of my other leagues is definitely a good backup to my home league. And I'm definitely feeling good about that. Adam, how are you looking on your fantasy teams this year? So I was in seven leagues. This was the most I've ever been in, so I'm kind of proud I stepped it up a bit. And seven? Seven's nice. Gonna, Seven's a nice I number. I think I'm going to step it up even more. I want to get into like 10 to 15 next year just because I find myself with even a little bit of free time just kind of sitting wishing I could be looking at a lineup or something. So I know I have the time for a few more. But anyways, I made the playoffs on five of those teams. I ended up making the championship out of two of those teams. So I'll be playing the championship game this week. The one I really, really wanted to win, I didn't make the playoffs. So I, it's a friends league. That's really the it. one I was just talking about. I'm sabotaging the two championship players. It's also a, a league that plays into week 17, so another reason to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very salty I didn't make the playoffs there. Oh, I get it, 100%. Andy, tell me your fantasy situation this year with how many teams you had and how much success you might have had this year. I lost count, somewhere around a dozen. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm talking and, about. And uh, I actually got married on August 18th, which was like dead smack in the middle of draft season. Congratulations, um, my man. Hell yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So whether the draft was the week before or a week after, I was preoccupied. Set myself up for failure in a couple leagues. And the other leagues that I actually thought I had a good roster going in, got a little unlucky with scheduling who I was playing. There's been a lot of talk in recent weeks about luck in fantasy football, and I firmly believe that it has a lot of luck to do with a lot. It, you know. Because I think you were saying a little while ago that you had the most points scored and you missed the playoffs. Is that because you didn't know what you were doing and you didn't build a good roster? Exactly. I'm playing my best possible guys. I'm doing the best I can. It just, you know, I don't have that matchup. Yeah, so the week that you played the highest scoring team, you were the second highest scoring team. The worst loss ever. The worst loss is when you would have beat every single team except for the guy that you're playing that week. It just crushes your soul. 
I had a season a couple of years ago that out of, I think it was seven out of 13 weeks, I played the top scoring team and had the second most points that week. Oh, so God, I had man. seven losses that could have been seven wins. I had like the third most points scored in the league, six and seven record, and didn't make the playoffs. Oh, and man. I mean, it's just like, you tell me that's not luck? Only wound up making the playoffs in two leagues. One is an industry league that actually got some major league baseball players in it and a bunch of well-known podcast hosts and writers. Cool. Uh, so I was able to sneak into the playoffs and win the first round of that and then got ousted. As I mentioned before, the fishbowl, I somehow made it to the finals. Out of 900 teams, I'm one of the last 15 standing. So again, that's good luck on the other side because I had just a middle-of-the-pack team and somehow got hot at the right time and others didn't and have been able to survive in advance to this point. So fantasy is exactly that, fantasy, and it should be fun. It should make you feel like you're closer to the game. I understand if you're you know, playing in money leagues, especially big money leagues, there's an added thrill to it. But at the end of the day, like, it's still like, have fun with it. It's gambling is what it is. It's totally. no different than playing a line, playing a spread. You can feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to throw 17 touchdowns and the Packers are going to win by 50 points. And if they lose by three and you lost, you know, $200 bet you laid on that night, that's really what fantasy comes out to just over a season, you know? So it, it, have fun with it to the point. No, 100%. And for fantasy football, it's such a good way to stay in touch, too. For me, like, this year has been such a nice year. I moved back from Arizona. I'm from California, went out there for about five years, did my thing, and came back to California. So I do have some friends that are still there. Of course, friends that I maybe lost a little bit of touch with that are in Los Angeles when I was gone. And I've had a mixture of both in multiple leagues. It's kept me in touch. And I'm always talking shit, especially like you said, when there's money down on it, it's even more competitive. It's such a great way to have fun, stay in touch, gamble without actually feeling like you have an addiction by doing it game by game. You get to do a whole season and interact. You have some control over it at the very least. For fantasy, it's so fun. And I want to just bring up, you were talking about luck. Let me tell you how I got in my championship. It's actually my boss's league at work. My director of operations was like, hey man, you know, you want to join my league, the last spot in, right when I kind of switched over to this company. I was like hell yeah man that's an in right there so i slid into there and like you said i had a pretty good team i had a pretty unlucky run at the end still barely made the playoffs as the sixth team in at six and seven i took down the third best team and now this last week i took down the second best team and now in the championship i'm playing the one seed so if i win this i got the giants from i'm pretty sure 2007 written all over me right now and i was predicting this at the beginning but let me tell you how i got in i got so lucky i was up by like 12 points going into monday night football cam newton dj moore mark ingram i'm playing all three of them still left to play i'm only up by 12 fantasy points or 13 one of the two i needed the three of them to combine for 12 or 13 or less Cam Newton puts up three, Moore puts up zero, Ingram puts up eight. You see me in the championship, so I was going crazy. That is 100% luck. So the fact that Cam Newton and two other players, I still somehow slipped in. Luck is on my side, and I honestly think I'm a win. But this dude, the roster I'm playing in this next week, like I said, he's the number one seed. I can masturbate to his roster. That's fantasy at its finest right there. I'm in the championship, happy as can be. 
We're going to move on to some injuries right now. We're going to talk in and out. So I'm just going to ask you guys what you guys think, but after we go over the IR guys. First, Frank Gore is unlikely to play the rest of the season, most likely going in the IR right now with a foot injury, hence why we're talking about Kalen Balaj. The Falcons, Ito Smith, their running back on the IR with a knee injury. Bengals, Tyler Boyd, not officially on the IR yet, but looking like he's going to. MCL sprain, looks like he's going to be shut down for the year. Lions finally shut down Carrion Johnson. Put him on the IR with a knee injury, something we've been saying they should have been doing three weeks ago. Out with uh, a knee injury, and we got Packers, Aaron Jones on the IR with a sprained MCL. And you have Randall Cobb also in the concussion protocol. And you also have Aaron Rodgers dealing with the groin sprain. So, of course, Aaron Jones. And also, uh, did you see uh, Cam Newton is going to be shut down too for these next two weeks? Yeah, I saw that. His shoulder injury is looking really bad right now. I'm not going to say I ever wish anything bad on him. I really wish for the best recovery possible. But I'm just happy you put up three points last week. You helped me out a little bit. So we're going to continue with our list here. Packers, Aaron Jones. We're going to move on to in and out. Aaron Rodgers, Andy, do you think he's going to be in or out with this groin sprain? And Adam, same question to you. Well, what I'm saying, Aaron Rodgers says he will play against the Jets, so in from me. Adam? I think they're going to shut him down. I think this season's kind of been lost and broken with the coach being fired too i think they're just gonna shut rogers down okay no i can see both sides i'm gonna say in for this week but he's out for next randall cobb concussion protocol adam yeah i'm gonna say out too he's um, just been injured all year and i don't see him playing i'm gonna agree with you guys i'm gonna say out as well panthers cam newton i know you already said he's going to be out for this next week with that shoulder injury it looks like he's going to be having shoulder surgery this off season as well we're gonna move on to carson wentz that back fracture. I'm going to ask you guys, in or out for the rest of the season? Because he's not playing this week. It's going to be Foles. Is he in or out for the rest of the season? This is a back fracture. So, Andy, what do you think? I think out. If Foles comes in and they start winning, how do you replace them? Especially given what the season that coming off the last day with Foles. So, I would say out. Yeah, this is a weird situation at their end. They're kind of back into this, oh, Foles could make another Super Bowl run, you know, that kind of hype's been going around. Right. But if Foles somehow makes the playoffs, he's obviously crazy hot right now. Just be really hard to see the Eagles pull Foles seeing what he did last year and put the not 100% Wentz in. I could see Wentz playing, but I think he'll be shut down. Yeah, why do you hang on to Nick Foles and not go grab a third or fourth round pick for him and take advantage of his Super Bowl performance? You keep him for this situation exactly because Wentz is injury prone and you keep it a guy that you're confident is good enough to be a starter but he's the best backup in the league I would say that so right now it's his time to shine the unsung hero might happen again I don't think the Eagles are making the playoffs I predicted they wouldn't make it in the beginning of the year it's the Cowboys season and at this point they have to win one of two of their last games to clinch the division for the Cowboys. So Eagles, Carson Wentz going down with that back fracture doesn't look good for him. Chargers, Keenan Allen with that hip and Melvin Gordon with that knee. Andy, what do you think about Keenan and what do you think about Melvin Gordon? In or out? I think they're both going to be out. I think they're in a position that they can afford to possibly rest either or or both for at least one week. Okay, and what do you think, Adam? I'm going to go out on Keenan and in on Melvin. He said he had a great practice and was fully up to speed, so I think he's really eager to get back, and I think this will be more of his decision than the team's, even though the team makes the final decision. I feel like he's going to really, really push to play. Right, I agree with you, Adam. I'm going to say that Keenan Allen's out, Melvin Gordon's in. I saw Melvin Gordon's tweet pretty much apologizing for him not being in there for the fantasy semifinals for a lot of people. He cares about you guys. George Kittle made a comment earlier in the year about trying to get that touchdown for all his fantasy owners, so 
Although last week, me and Adam agreed that players don't give a shit about us in fantasy football. There's clearly a couple that do. So I'm, I totally agree. He's going Those to play. Guy you draft. That's a guy you need to draft. He cares about you and he's invested you in your Beckham, team. He doesn't care about fantasy players, so you don't draft him. You know? <laughs> Simple as that. You're so stupid. <laughs> We're going to move on to the Steelers with James Conner and that knee injury. Andy, you think he's in or out? Out. What do you think, Adam? I'm going to go in. I think this is a big game for him and a must win. And even though Jalen Samuels looked great the last game, I still think they're going to use Conner, but he will be limited. I'm going to agree with Andy on this one. I'm going to say James Conner is going to be out this week. Chiefs, Spencer Ware with that hamstring. Andy, what do you think? I'm going out again. This is that time of year. I'm looking at it from a fantasy angle as opposed to a real-life angle. For me, it's out as far as what I want to start him. Whether he plays or not, it's coming down to how much is he going to play. I'm going to say out for wear as well. Hamstrings are so sketchy. It's not easy to play, especially with running backs. Look at Dalvin Cook. Finally, is able to come back and run well, but it took him forever to come back from that hamstring. LaShawn McCoy, who ended up not going this last game, owned the Bills, running out of running backs, guys. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that one in a second. Adam, I want to hear your Spencer Ware in or out. I think this Damian Williams performance kind of allowed him to get another week of rest. I think he's a nice piece to have in the playoffs, and Andy Reid knows that. He obviously will want everyone at 100%, so I think he's out. Yeah, we're going to go Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. with that quad injury. What do you think? I'll go in. I don't know why. I just think he's in. He needs to be on the field for himself. I think he's auditioning things for himself right now based on the Giants not being anything, being out of the playoffs as much controversy as he creates. I think he has personal reasons to play for, so I would say he's going to make a go at it. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Odell's in as well. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think he will play too, just in spite of me. of <laughs> over the past two weeks, I think he's going to say, you know what, you're out of the playoffs now. I'm going to play. Oh, that's exactly what he's thinking. Oh, Adam's out of the playoffs, so I'm going to come back and sack up with my quad injury. <laughs> he's going to get like 200 yards and like two touchdowns. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our fire waiver wire before we go and do our rankings slash stardom sit Jamal Williams and Kalen Balaj, like we were talking about earlier. Two guys that are set up to see volume right now. And what is fantasy football? It's volume. It's opportunity. Jamal Williams is seeing that opportunity with Aaron Jones going on the IR. And Kalen Balaj is seeing that with Frank Gore going down for the rest of the year. Both of them running well. Kalen Balaj, especially this last week. Jamal Williams, it's more of a prediction. And the fact that Rodgers is dealing with that groin and there's so many injuries there anyways... I think they're really going to lean on Jamal Williams. So the two of them up top, very good ads. If you have any fab left, it's smart to go spend it on them. And like Andy said, might just be you betting against yourself or you and one other guy. So make sure you're going to check them out. Unless you have an idiot like my league who didn't make the playoffs and is picking up all types of people trying to sabotage us. Number three, Elijah McGuire on the New York Jets, as well as Robbie Anderson for the New York Jets. Dante Pettis, been amazing as of the last four weeks. San Francisco, Antonio Callaway, been sporadic but been very well as of late and targets are there for Cleveland. Robert Foster and Josh Allen, the crazy story we didn't expect from Buffalo, both of them playing extremely well. The next man up for Robert Foster, he's definitely taking advantage of the opportunities. Nick Foles is going to be there as well as Josh Allen for our streamers. If Baker Mayfield is out there, he's a decent streamer as well this week. Gerald Everett, Blake Jarwin and CJ Uzoma are the three tight end targets that we have for you this week. But like we say week in and week out, the tight end position is absolute shit. You cannot predict it. 
I had Cameron Bate throw up a zero spot for me last week. You have no idea what you're going to be getting from these guys. If you get five points, I consider that a win this year for the tight ends in fantasy football. It's actually really sad. Andy, what do you think about my list? Do you have any other people that you have that didn't make my fire waiver wire or any other people on the list that you have priority that you definitely need this week? What do you think, Andy? No, I think you hit the guys that are likely possibly available that have a chance to have an impact. You could hold out and see what Buffalo winds up doing for their running back situation. As you were mentioning, they're running out of running backs. At this point, unless you lost somebody huge, you have your lineup that you're going with. So I don't think there's that much that you can add at this point. And I think you covered the guys that would possibly be out there that you'd have any value out of. Oh, 100%. And that's when you got Tyler Boyd, for example, on my team's most likely out for the year. Now he's going down. So for me, I'm looking at a guy like Robert Foster, possibly to bring in there, or Robbie Anderson, who's been playing good as of late. So like Andy said, you really have the roster that you're going with, the lineup that you're set with. But if you do get screwed last minute with an injury, you got to look somewhere. These guys are probably your last bets. Adam, what do you think about this list? Is there anyone that stands out to you? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Just the one guy I would add that you would probably disagree with me on was the kicker, Jason Myers. I know it's kind of, it's an odd one. And yeah, he did miss two extra points, but he's the number three kicker on the year. They're facing the Packers at home. It's a good matchup. They're favored in it. The Packers have just looked bad these last few games. I definitely think there will be a good amount of points on the board. I definitely think there'll be a lot of field goal opportunities for him. So the fact that he made the Pro Bowl, I understand that the voting was done, I believe, a week prior, but he makes the Pro Bowl over... Justin Tucker this year, and you have Jason Myers goes and blows two this last game, and you got a guy like Kaimi Fairbairn on the Texans who's putting up more points than your goddamn quarterback is in fantasy football. The guy's putting up a 17 spot or a 20 spot, depending on your league scoring. That is your Pro Bowl selection right there, not Jason Myers, not taking away the year that Myers is having, but why you make the votes before the last two weeks. I get that, obviously, some players aren't playing, some players are down. But at the same time, there's still football to be played. I would say at least take it into this week, or at least take it into last week, because they made the vote before last week. I'm not a big fan of Jason Myers, just because of the fact that he just doesn't seem reliable after this last week, and he's on a Jets offense that is atrocious, and I don't trust whatsoever. All right, guys, we're moving on to this week's rankings or stardom situm, whatever you guys do have. I have rankings this week. I know Adam said he had stardom situm. Andy, feel free to throw in either one or just comment on the ones that we have this week. I'm going to start off with my quarterback rankings for this week. Number one, Pat Mahomes at Seattle. Number two, I have Ben Roethlisberger at New Orleans. Three, Drew Brees versus Pittsburgh. Four, I have Andrew Luck versus the New York Giants. Five, I have Deshaun Watson at Philadelphia. Six, I have Russell Wilson versus Kansas City. Seven, Dak Prescott versus Tampa Bay. Eight, Baker Mayfield versus Cincinnati. Nine, Lamar Jackson at the Chargers. Ten, Aaron Rodgers at New York Jets. Eleven, Matt Ryan at Carolina. And twelve, Jared Goff at Arizona. What do you think about my list? And Do you have one of your own, Andy? And if not, we'll move on to Adam's stardom sit for the quarterbacks. Yeah, we basically have the same top 11. I'm updating things till game time for players. What I have now is obviously speculative change, but we have the same top 11, just a couple of minor differences here and there. You had Roethlisberger too, I have a five, and then a couple of flip-flops with other guys, like I have Mayfield at seven and Prescott at eight, where I think you had the other way around. Right. Uh, but basically, yeah, we, we're pretty much in agreement with the top 11. 
Perfect. And Adam, I know you had a stardom sit this week, so who are your quarterback stardom sit For my starts of the week, I got Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. I think they have relatively easy matchups. Russell Wilson going up against the Chiefs. I know Eric Berry's back, and Chris Jones has just been a sack machine, but Russell Wilson is sneaky and elusive, and I think he'll be able to make it a little bit harder for the Chiefs to defend him, and I think he'll be able to put up some points and keep up with Mahomes scoring as well. I agree. Matt Ryan, he's playing the Panthers, and if Panthers, they shut down Cam Newton, I think this will be a game that they'll just dominate and roll through, so I think you can't really go wrong with him there. Fifth of the week are going to be Lamar Jackson. I know you had him a little bit high at number nine, but I think he's just going to slow down and stick in his kind of like 13 to 15 range where he's kind of been the past three or four games. I think the Chargers with Derwin James, they're kind of create some problems for him. Joey Bosa's going to get at him. I just, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for him. Totally agree. And for running backs, we're going to move on to my rankings. One, Ezekiel Elliott versus Tampa Bay. Two, I have Todd Gurley at Arizona. Three, I have Saquon Barkley at Indianapolis. Four, I have Christian McCaffrey versus Atlanta. Five, Nick Chubb versus Cincinnati. Six, Alvin Kamara versus Pittsburgh. Seven, Chris Carson versus Kansas City. Eight, Joe Mixon at Cleveland. Nine, Derrick Henry versus Washington. Ten, I have Melvin Gordon, assuming he's playing versus Baltimore. Even with a bad matchup, him going, he's still number 10 on my list. Eleven, Dalvin Cook at Detroit. And twelve, I got Philip Lindsay at Oakland. What do you think about my list, Andy? Do you have one of your own? Yeah, I got one of my own as well for this. All my rankings are all found out. Fantasy pros for the record if anybody's looking for them. Pretty much the same thing as with the quarterback. Pretty much same top 12 just in various forms the one guy i have up there right now at 11 that you can mention with Marlon mack definitely like what he can be when he's healthy and, and when he's playing and on the field and i like the matchup against the giants but other than that just a couple flip-flops here and there i have nixon a little higher than you did at six because you had him down at eight but you know we're splitting hairs at this point with these running backs so i like it a guy that i'm really confident in is chris carson just for that consistency as of late the last five weeks he's put up I think it was 15 or 16 points PPR each week. He's been very consistent. And Derrick Henry's been an absolute monster these last two weeks, just absolutely going off. Don't know what started for him there, but I'm not sure if it could continue. But if you don't have him in your top 10 this week, how do you not after the performances that he's put on the last two weeks? Adam, what is your stardom set him for running back? Yeah, I actually have Chris Carson as one of my starts. He looks, we go. has been looking like a stud the last couple of weeks. and just getting this full workload, especially with Rashad Penny dealing with his finger injury or whatever. I think he's going to just dominate this Chiefs kind of weak run defense they've had all year. I think him and Russell Wilson are a great play this week. My other couple guys I got are Philip Lindsay. I think he's going to excel against this Oakland beat-up defense. I think... Denver is going to run on them a lot more than people will expect. Oakland's pass defense has been a little bit better than you would think the run game for Denver will take off. I also have Derrick Henry. I liked how you had him at number nine. I think he is just going to continue this streak. I think Mike Rabel has realized, hey, if we give this guy a lot of carries, he could maybe break a few of them or just kind of realize he's a freak of nature and is just an absolute tank. So I'm loving that he's starting to come back to life. My final start is going to be Dalvin Cook. Although the Lions' run D has looked a little better each week since they got Snacks Harrison, I just think Dalvin Cook's going to just destroy them. He does it every time he plays the Lions, unless he gets injured, because he's ironically, I think, went down with injury twice when he's played us. He's just looked great against the Lions each time he's played us. My sits of the week are Mark Ingram. I don't think he's going to get a lot of work here. I think it's going to be more of a Alvin Kamara. 
tomorrow show, big game against the Steelers. So unless the Saints blow them out, which I don't think will happen because the Steelers are kind of a must-win mode fighting for a bye week for the first round of playoffs or even to make the playoffs, I should say, because of how good Mark Jackson's been playing. And then my next sits are Kenyon Drake and Caleb Blage, the Miami duo. I don't think either of them are a good play just because they're going to be battling against each other. I think Kenyon Drake could sneak a 50-yard touchdown from Blage, or Blage could sneak a 50-yard touchdown from Drake, and I would rather play someone else than playing a red or black type guy. Yeah, no, I see where your head's at with that. But the thing is, Kenyon Drake has been less involved in the running game this year, obviously more involved in the offense in other ways. So we'll see if that continues now that their workhorse, Frank Gore, is now down most likely for the year. We're going to move on to receiver to end this off. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins at Philadelphia. Two, Julio Jones at Carolina. Three, Devontae Adams at the Jets. Four, Antonio Brown at New Orleans. Five, Mike Thomas versus Pittsburgh. Six, Tyreek Hill at Seattle. Seven, Juju Smith-Schuster, who got snubbed from the Pro Bowl at New Orleans. Eight, I have Adam Thielen at Detroit. Nine, Amari Cooper versus Tampa Bay. 10, I have Robert Woods at Arizona. 11, I have Stephon Diggs at Detroit. And 12, I have T.Y. Hilton versus the Giants. Andy, give me your list or tell me what you think about mine. Same thing. We're in sync on all three We're of these positions today. so far. We're synchronized the only, today. Yes, we are. The only switch I would add was I have Woods at 12 where you have a 9, and I have Hilton at 9 where you have a 12. I also have Antonio Brown a little lower than you at 6, but same 12 names. 100%. What do you think about your stardom, sit'em, Adam for receiver? What do you got? So, my sit, sadly, I have Kitty Galladay. I just think, although he's the only guy to catch passes for the Lions, I think he's just going to struggle against this tough Viking secondary with Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith. I also have Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys on there. I don't think they're going to do too well against this tough top Cowboys defense. They were just shut out and let up 23 points. They're going to come into this game mad, angry. They want to win to close out the Eagles. They just want to get this season done with and get to the playoffs. So I think the Cowboys will come in, roll the Bucks, and I wouldn't feel confident playing anyone off the Bucks besides Mike Evans. My starts of the week are Amari Cooper. I think, again, with the Cowboys, they're going to come in with fierce attitude, wanting to show the league that they're not a team that gets shut out often. Obviously, shown with that stat where they hadn't been shut out, I don't know how long it was, but it was something ridiculous. So I think Amari Cooper is going to fare well against this kind of struggling Tampa Bay secondary and defense. My next start of the week is kind of a, a long shot a bit for the finals if you're a startup. Calvin Ridley, I think he's going to really excel against the, the Panthers defense just because Julio Jones was sitting out today's practice with a hit pointer so I don't know if he's going to be out all week I don't think he will I think he's going to play but still it's a, a little injury so it could slow him down maybe give Matt Ryan some more opportunities to look at Calvin Ridley and I think this will just give him more chances. Calvin Ridley is definitely a guy you got to keep an eye on depending on how Julio Jones is going to be faring at practice this week but Julio Jones like I said made my top five made Andy's top five He's on your team. You need to be starting for this championship run. So happy to be talking championship football. So happy to be in four out of five leagues championships. Luck was on my side with the other main league that I had. Just wanted to thank you guys and especially Andy for joining us. And shout out expandthebossscore.com. 
you really need to go check out what he's working on. Some prime stuff there. I know he gave it a whole rundown in the beginning of the show, so make sure you're going to sign up for that. Coming into this new season right now, you need that tool in your pocket. But for fantasy football, guys, if you have any questions whatsoever, my DMs are open. So is Adam's. So is Andy's. Our page at FFB Unwrapped. Make sure you're DMing us. You can DM Andy at People's Pen, P-E-O-P-L-E-Z-P-E-N. Of course, Adam at Everyday FFB and me at Perry Aston. Make sure to go check out our sponsors at rotoshurance.com. Rotoshurance is the only fantasy sports insurance company. They do daily as well as yearly, so it's not too late. Make sure you go check them out. If you have injury-prone players, you make sure that you're protecting your investment with the only insurance company around. Fantasy is an investment, so make sure you're protecting your money. And Jersey Express at thejerseyexpress.com or on Twitter at jerseyexpress underscore. Use promo code Pulse for 10% off. Make sure you listen to us on podcast.com, the Apple Podcast app, and the Pulse Podcast Network. Find them on Twitter at Pulse Pod Network. Andy, thank you so much for joining us again. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter, People's Pen, and check out expandtheboxscore.com. I'm working on promo codes. I don't have them yet, but uh, definitely check out the site, and we'll have something up and going for, for this podcast to get your listeners some discount going forward. But in the meantime, until that exists, I mean, the $10 a year is really not asking for too much for everything you're getting. I mean, when I say everything, you're really getting a ton. But before I hang up and sign off here, I just wanted to take one quick moment, if you don't mind, to just give a farewell to a friend of mine from the fantasy baseball and fantasy football industry, Mr. Laura Michaels. It's just been an industry icon for a while. He's a great guy, and he unfortunately passed away today. And search his name on Twitter, Laura Michaels, L-A-W-R. You'll just see a whole bevy of, of kind things that people right. are saying, guys that in the industry that know him. So uh, definitely a great guy and, and did not care one way or the other if you were just getting your start or if you were, you know, a pillar in the industry and, and one of the big shots. He treated everybody the same and he was a tremendous man and somebody that was actually became a good friend of mine. Sad day for the fantasy industry, but hopefully he's moved on to a better place. Yeah, Andy, so sorry for your loss, man. I know we talked about it before the show started. I know I saw it on Twitter this morning, just... A flurry of love from everyone that was touched by Lore Michaels. So if you don't know who he is, go check out his stuff. Rest in peace to a legend in the fantasy world. And again, so sorry for your loss, Andy, being close to him and everything. It's so awful. Thank you again for joining us and taking time out of your day. Adam, of course, thank you as always for joining me and talking fantasy football with me. It's always so fun. And with the championship right now, make sure you guys are asking all types of questions and making the right moves to solidify that run. There's probably money on the line, at least for me. I'd rather be $300 richer this next week, so you'll be hearing from me. But again, thank you guys so much. Check us out on podcast.com, Pulse Podcast Network, or the Apple Podcast app, and leave us a review and rating. And we'll catch you guys next time.